0: No, baby, that's for somebody else. We're just going to keep you right where you at right now. The Wrestling Realm presents Break It Down with Brian H. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this episode of Break It Down with Brian H. I'm your host, Brian H. Waters. We have finally did it. We have reached 100 episodes, folks. So, you know, before we get started, for those who do not know, make sure you follow me at Brian H. Waters. Make sure you follow the real Dwayne Allen at Dwayne Allen 24. And, of course, follow the Wrestling Realm at Wrestling Realm. You know, it's a nice occasion, so, you know, to dress up you know it's not every day somebody celebrates 100 episodes of a podcast and i just gotta say i want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in whether this is your first time or maybe it's your hundredth time or you probably out there said look i've watched every show so i know that i'm counting the special editions also so that's well over 100 but i have to say thank you thank you for everybody who's joined by you know, tweeting the show, who's tweeted at me, who's disagree with me, who's agree with me, who's been special guest, who never tweets at all. I know some of you out there that never tweet, never talk about it, but you tell your friends and then they tell me. So I wanna say thank you as well. Then I wanna thank all the people who has hit the retweet button for the show, whether you listen to it or not, but just a retweet, putting it in somebody else's network, somebody else's timeline, because guess what? Everybody knows a wrestling fan. So I want to thank you, everybody who's doing that. I want to thank, of course, most importantly, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because if it wasn't for him, none of this would be possible. Yes, you could be a Christian and love wrestling. So with that, let's break down the decade, folks, and we're going to start off with our tag team of the decade cover here by jay and the usos are five-time tag team champions here They're your it. and the new smackdown tag team champions the usos hell in a cell has become the uso penitentiary yes folks To me, the tag team of the decade is the Usos. Now, I know a lot of people out there are saying, well, you know what? It should have been the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks was everywhere. They was winning, and they was in five-star matches. You know, some people may say it should have been the new day, but I simply pick the Usos because what I see right there is a tag team that I would put in with anybody, putting the best with anybody. Not too many times do you have a Hall of Famer out there that's outshadowed by his child, or in this case, children. I think when it's all said and done, that the Usos will have outshadowed Rikishi and therefore become Rikishi's greatest contribution to the wrestling business. You think about Cowboy Bob Orton, a Hall of Famer his greatest contribution to the wrestling business was his son Randy and that's what i see when i see the usos you think about how in a company that does not focus that much on tag team wrestling you have two guys who can go out there and put on a show who can make tag team wrestling relevant they found their niche you remember when they was coming out there and They was doing the Uso crazy. And it's like, man, when are these guys going to ever get the titles? But when they finally did it in 2014, they never looked back. You look at... (laughs) Excuse me. You look at when they changed over and they kind of went to the dark side. And it was the Uso penitentiary. And this is why they're my tag team of the decade. I mean, just constantly reinventing themselves. I know they kind of been, you know, MIA as of late, but everybody know who the Usos are. To me, the money matchup what I want to see is the Usos and the Gorillas of Destiny. I want to see that matchup one day. So yes, the Usos are my tag team of the decade. Let's move on to the most inspirational moment of the decade. The good news is I'm in remission, y'all. So with that being said, the big dog is back! Yes, folks. The most inspirational moment to me was simply Roman Reigns returning after his battle with leukemia. Now I want to say, you know, I want to offer my prayers and condolences to people who are battling leukemia and who and as well as the condolences to the family members who have lost people to leukemia over the past decade. You know, so and it's it's something With Roman, he was able to bring awareness. By him using his WWE platform, he was able to raise money for this disease. And that's what you want. As somebody who understands, who works in research, it takes a lot of money for these doctors and researchers to, you know, essentially fight these diseases because they have to put the money and spend it. So, you know, something like buying a T-shirt or buying the wristbands, um, I have one around here that's helping towards this, and it's a joint effort. So a guy like Roman Reigns using his platform, it was a huge deal, and for him to be able to come back in a professional wrestling gave hope that perhaps whatever they was able to use on him, whatever testing or however they treated Roman, perhaps they could treat the next guy. So that's why this is my inspirational moment and. You know, and just if I could add this part from the wrestling point, we saw Roman come back and he's never been treated the way he was before, which is pretty cool. You know, people didn't start booing him the way they used to. It's like, it's hard to believe almost. So, you know, Roman Reigns gets the most inspirational moment of the decade. And now it's time for the most shocking. But Vince McMahon's gonna make money despite himself. He's a millionaire who should be a billionaire. You know why he's not a billionaire? It's because he surrounds himself with glad-handing, nonsensical yes-men like John Laurinaitis, who's going to tell him everything that he wants to hear. And I'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon's dead, but the fact is, it's going to get taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid family. Are you really surprised? Are you C.M. Punk dropping a pipe bomb that Monday night in that old soul year of 2011 in the month of June? I remember watching it live and when it went off, it sent a shockwave through the Internet. Because the first thing people said was, I don't think that was supposed to happen. I remember picking up the phone as soon as it happened. I called the real Dwayne Allen and I said, yo, bro, did you just hear what he said? And he was a like, man. He mentioned John Laronitis name on television. Like you don't mention his name on TV. And, and now that seems crazy because. You know, afterwards, Larry Nice was involved in so many storylines. But at that time, you did not mention his name. So I watched this and I was just like, wow, you know, and it's still something people talk about to this day. The microphone isn't a microphone. It's a pipe bomb. It's, you know, when somebody says something, oh, remember, you know, he oh, he just dropped a pipe bomb. It single-handedly, I mean, it just shocked everybody. Yes, Seth Rollins hitting the Dean Ambrose with the chair was a shock. Yes, Mark Henry faking his retirement was a shock. But nothing was more shocking than a pipe bomb that happened in June of 2011. And quite frankly, single-handedly made CM Punk into a bigger star. Yes, he had his following, but you got to look at it like this, folks. This guy became a bigger star after that because then people's like, oh man, the CM Punk chants rage throughout the arenas, and then you go on, you move on to, um, now even once he left the bit uh, wrestling business, people still chant CM Punk. But it all started right there with the most shocking moment in wrestling of the wrestling decade. Hey guys, if you've been paying attention, you may know that The Wrestling Realm is now available on Spotify. So not only are we on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube, but we are also on Spotify. So make sure you subscribe and do not miss an episode of The Wrestling Realm or Break It Down with Brian H. Now it's time for the moment, the overall moment of the past 10 years. Yes, yes, yes. What a moment that was. Kofi Kingston becoming the brand new WWE champion right in the middle of WrestleMania 35. To watch that, for me personally, to sit there and watch that with my children, my uncle who got me into wrestling, My father, who funded a lot of my wrestling habits. My co host, who co founded the wrestling realm with me. My cousin, Hypno Beats, who made the track for this song I mean, for this show. My friend Blake, who introduced me into the wrestling business backstage as far as the social media aspect. To watch this moment with all these people, as we all, men of color, to see Kofi Kingston become the new WWE champion, a guy who we never thought would win that title. I mean, it was just an epic moment. Then you take a look at what happened afterwards, his travel to Africa, and seeing the people pretty much roll out the red carpet, showing how much of an inspiration he was to them, showing how much of an inspiration he was to those children. The tour beforehand, the Hot 97s, the Breakfast Clubs, or maybe it wasn't on the Breakfast Club, but, you know, all over. And when he finally did it, to see the tears of joy and then to see the reactions in the crowd, I mean, it was just, to me, no bigger moment of the 2010s than Kofi Kingston becoming your new WWE Champion So man what a moment That was I mean you know not gonna Lie it had a tear in my eye. But let's move on It's time for The Raw moment of The decade If I beat You at Wrestlemania 30 I get added To the WWE World Heavyweight Championship Match so that then, the main event would be Randy Orton versus Batista versus Daniel Bryan! They <laughs> had triple threat match? <laughs> what? Occupy Raw. Daniel Bryan. Just absolutely having the entire crowd in his hand. So to really understand why this was the raw moment of the decade, if you was not watching wrestling in 2014, you might not get it. So let me take you back. The moment it really began, it started around July, 2013, Daniel Bryan's getting hotter than ever before. People all over the place are loving him. The Yes Movement, which began in Miami in 2012 when he lost the title, when he lost the W uh, the World Heavyweight Championship in eight seconds or 18 seconds, it started, but it really captivated the audience. And to a point, he had a match with John Cena, and when he lost, well, he beat Cena clean, which was sort of unheard of. Beat Cena clean. Becomes the new WWE champion. Suddenly, Randy Orton teases a cash-in of his money in bank contract he won the month before. Triple H hits him with the pedigree, sets up. Now we have this authority because Daniel Bryan's being constantly told he's not good enough. Now they say, you know, because Bryan would win the title back only because it was a fast count. He had to relinquish it. And they said, like, okay, we gave you what you want, Now we're going to cool him down. But the people was not having that. He went to the Royal Rumble. I mean, he and and was in a match, but he was not in the Rumble match to the point the fans in Philadelphia, no, it wasn't Philly, um whatever it was, they hijacked the show. After hijacking the show, Brian would go ahead and you know, he was never in the Royal Rumble. And fans were just upset. Batista wins. And Batista made his return the Monday before. And then he won the Royal Rumble. Fans didn't like it. To the point, there was a change.org to get Daniel Bryan in the main event of WrestleMania. And this was one of those moments where fans wasn't having it. Me for one, this got me blocked by Batista on Twitter. And then it led to Daniel Bryan eventually getting his way. But the Occupy Raw moment when he and hundreds of people stood in the ring and wouldn't allow the show to go on until he got what he wanted, And that was a match with Triple H for the opportunity to win the WWE championship, which he would do at WrestleMania 30. But the Raw moment, folks, was the Occupy Raw moment because this is what got us to where we are right here Occupy Raw moment was just amazing. It was on the level of the Stone Cold beer truck, the Kurt Angle milk truck, all that. You throw Occupy Raw moment of the decade. Now it's time for the SmackDown Live moment of the decade. It's the house that A.J. Styles built. Now I ain't gonna lie, folks. I had a tough time with this one. I was looking at, you know what? Maybe Daniel Bryan announcing his return. But I was like, nah, it's too much Daniel Bryan in the show. (laughs) But then again, it's not just that. Like, was it really? But maybe that's just me. Then I looked and I thought about it. A.J. Styles winning... The title overseas, something that had not been done in years. I think back, I think the time before that was when Brett the Hitman Hart won the WWE championship in Saskatoon, Canada. That's winning the championship, not on American soil. And I mean, it was just, it was a great moment because you go back and you see AJ Styles connect with a fan who had been there, uh, who had been following him throughout his career, his career in Impact Wrestling. And I said, wow, you know what? Yes, I agree. This is the moment of the decade for SmackDown. You know, it's no shame. SmackDown Live just, you know, the best are yet to come. I think when you think about SmackDown, the 2010s were nowhere near as good as the 2000 or 2009, right? With that, you had The Undertaker, you had Kurt Angle. So the 2010s, for a while, it was the B-Show, and it was kind of just looked at as the B-Show. Then you had that period where you had both wrestlers on there, and then you split it up again. So, But this was a moment right here, and AJ Styles, I mean, he really just was the house that... I mean, SmackDown really became the house that AJ Styles built. So I think... This is important because he kind of resurrected the brand and made it must-see TV. So now we go, we went from the moments. It's now time to get into the event of the decade. The future is now. Now I know a lot of people thought that it would be a WrestleMania. I mean, after all, you know, I'm a WrestleMania guru. Wish I could go every year. It doesn't always happen that way, but it's my favorite pay-per-view. But I really thought about this one. And I said, you know what? To me, it's the first TakeOver of Brooklyn. The first one that they were on the road. But this was a night, when you think about TakeOver Brooklyn, it's two matches you think about, and that's Sasha Bailey, which stole the show. But you also look at Finn Balor and Kevin Owens, and you know, a lot of people will tell you, Yeah, but Balor and Owens couldn't measure up because Sasha and Bailey took the crowd. Go back and watch the match, that was a really good match, though. But I mean, also in the show, you had Blake and Murphy defending their tag titles against the Vaughan Villains. Shout out to my homie Leva Bates, or oh, she now the Librarian, but that's where Blue Pants made an appearance. You had Jushin Thunder Liger on this show, take uh, on Tyler Breeze. You know, also Apollo Cruz taking on Ty Dillinger, and I mean, but just this main event, like the ladder match between Balor and Owens. Go back and watch that match because it was a good match. But there's no doubt about it, Sasha and Bailey stole the show. I mean, this was the match where Bailey finally won the uh, NXT Women's Championship and was anointed as, you know, this was her torch because Sasha was moving on. But I just I really enjoyed this match, um but I just really enjoyed this show. This is where you know and Yeah, there have been other takeovers But to me, this was the takeover of the decade Because when you think about it You cannot have a conversation without this one When you think about takeovers When you think about a pay-per-view Or an event, whatever you want to call it You want it to be like this Where people are going to be talking about it forever This is dead smack in the middle of the decade 2015 And I mean, this was just one hell of a night One hell of a night, you know So I definitely um, You know I definitely recommend If you haven't watched this one, go check it out I promise you I can guarantee you You will not be disappointed So now we getting into the controversy We got two more Awards to go And I want to see Because I know I'm going to ruffle some feathers around here Let's start With the women's Wrestler of the decade. The Queen, Poliana. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Streak of Oscar is over. Here is your winner, and still the SmackDown Women's Champion, Charlotte Blair! Absolutely incredible, Charlotte Blair, Maybe the underdog tonight, fighting through. Adversity, her iron will, snapping the fabled streak of the empress of tomorrow. Oscar forced to bow down to the queen. Woo! Yes, I had to do it. I had to, folks. To me, is Charlotte Flair. I mean, you're looking at one of the greatest women to ever do it and she's not even done yet. Trish Stratus passed the torch on to her at SummerSlam. But Charlotte has was able to come into NXT. Really you No know, Yeah, she came in, Ric Flair's daughter. But she would tell you that Arn Anderson was harder on her because of that. That's his niece, you know, not legally, but you know flair and they aren't a the horseman coming able to do something that's hard to do step out of the shadow of her father that's not easy this is i was just talking about earlier with the usos as good as rikishi was as polarizing of a character he was the usos are able to make a name for themselves same with randy orton same with charlotte flair charlotte said or rick said that he waits for the day when people will say oh that's charlotte's dad and you know what some people may think that's impossible, but no. Think about this generation now. Granted, Ric Flair stays relevant with pop culture, but I mean Charlotte goes out there and just puts on five star match after five star match. I mean, she was in Hell in the Cell. the first ever women's Hell in the South. She's been in, I believe she's been in a TLC match. Um, just absolutely, just the best, you know. Main event in a pay-per-view Main eventing WrestleMania And you go back and watch WrestleMania 35 And you may say, oh, the main event flopped eh, Not necessarily It's just a long show But without Charlotte, that match Is not as good as what it was That's my opinion So, yeah, it's about the championships And I know it's a sh- not a shoot But still, it's about the championships It's about the accomplishments ESPN Magazine She's all over, doing these media rounds. Charlotte is in demand. She's must-see TV, and that's why she is the women's wrestler of the decade. And now it's time for the match of the decade, folks. About to kick his head off, and down, and down. He's going go for it. He's got him up. He's got him up. Oh, my God. Oh boy, yeah, this was tough. And I know now you guys can say it. You can stop saying it. Everything's WWE, whatever, whatever. Look, it's my list. You know, I I invite everybody to share their list. I will talk about it. I will reply with it on the next episode, episode 101. But the match of the decade did not take place in the WWE. It took place in Japan, and it is Okada versus Okada. Omega at New Japan Dominion 2018. I mean, that's 60 plus minutes of my life that I will not get back and I'm not complaining. An incredible match, a match that did not feel like you were sitting there that long. I mean, back and forth, back and forth. Some people say it's the greatest match they've ever seen. I, I, I've I seen too many matches. I can't make that statement. But I can tell you, this was certainly the match of the decade. It's one people are going to be talking about for years to come. It's where Okada, I mean Omega was finally able to win the big one. And, I mean, just what a great match these two put on. Go find it. That's all I got to say. Go find it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. I've watched it more than once. Um, And there were some other great matches. But this one right here is what you call... A match for the ages, therefore, it's the match of the decade. And now, the men's wrestler of the decade, folks, is none other than... GP champion, same as Brock Lesnar. Oh yeah, the phenomenal one himself, AJ Styles. AJ Styles has been just doing it. I mean, IWGP champion, Impact heavyweight champion, WWE champion. He just made his rounds and was the hottest most sought out free agent. I you know there's times when there's players in wrestling. And I can imagine that if there was the attitude era, if there was social media during the attitude era, the conversations would have been something like when is Sting coming to the WWE? When is Sting coming to the WWE, right? Back in the 80s, when is Flair coming to the WWE? Well, the conversation for a long time was, when is AJ Styles coming to the WWE? Then there was the conversation of, they're not going to use him, right? He's small. They're not going to let him get going. All this stuff. all oh, so much. And not only does he come to the WWE, but he comes and excels. He headlined, you know, you could say headline, co-headline to me. You know what? Co-headline WrestleMania 34. Him and Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles went in and left as the WWE champion. He was the United States champion. He currently is the United. No, no, he's not. Um, he just overall just one of the best to ever do it. And the day, the night he made his debut at the Royal Rumble. It it sent shockwaves. Everybody was happy. Yeah, sometimes you know or you have an idea, but when it finally happens, internet breaking moment. I mean, this guy came into the WWE and didn't miss a beat. And this was a guy who was in TNA. Yeah, he was their champion, but it's like, man, is AJ Styles really going to be able to do what he do in the WWE? They ain't going to let him do that. And now look at him, folks. He's one of the top players for the top companies and that's why when it comes down to it AJ Styles to me beat John Cena he beat Randy Orton for the wrestler of the decade well folks thank you thank you thank you like I said I mean it's just an honor and a pleasure to be able to sit here talk wrestling and share it with People I've never met before. People whose hands I've never shook before. Some people I have met. But to be able to share my thoughts and for you to engage in engage with me about the wrestling business, I really appreciate it. And as promised, it's time for the big announcement. Here it is. Glass Ceiling. The top definition on Urban Dictionary is a wrestling term symbolizing the barricade keeping the perennial upper mid-carders from main events, usually used in the sense of backstage politics in wrestling, with one wrestler being accused of holding another one down. Well, guess what? There's backstage politics that occur everywhere, and in this case... In this podcast, I am going to talk about how we break through the glass ceilings, but here's the surprise. This will not be a wrestling podcast. B. Waters Productions enters the podcast industry, not only a media company that can produce your videos, social media graphics, but now Brian H. Waters shares his network with the world. I think we all have those moments that we remember everything that happened in that moment in time. So that's kind of when my show became a, like, truly a national brand, and still to this day, everyone's like, oh my gosh, you interview going to Ball. It doesn't matter. The moment where I broke the glass was when, probably when I went to my first uh, convention in Detroit. And that was my first time being in a room just surrounded by a whole bunch of black media professionals that were doing the same things that I aspire to do i will not only give you my story but i'll give you the story of some of my close friends and associates and some new people i meet along the way so get ready as before we close out 2019 i introduce you to my brand new podcast Breaking Through Glass Ceilings with Brian H. Waters. Yes, 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 folks. Brian H. Waters Company, B. Waters Productions, officially will announce a brand new podcast titled Breaking Through Glass ceilings with Brian H. I'm excited to announce that, folks. You know, I've been blessed with a network of people. And, you know, some watch wrestling, some don't. I have a whole other network that I talk to and deal with as far as, you know, my NABJ colleagues. Shout out to them who always retweet in the show. Well, now you're going to get to meet some of them. As I will invite you over to, once you finish listening to Break It Down with Brian H., You can check that out. Uh, The show will air every Monday. So get ready as I already have a few episodes in the books this Monday. Make sure you listen as you will be able to check out my story where I discuss my journey at Johns Hopkins from the storeroom to the boardroom. So that's one. And there's a couple more episodes. I, listen to that one, you'll find out. But yeah, I'm excited to share that. I'm excited to be able to introduce the world to my network, essentially. And, you know, there'll be some people who are in the wrestling circle who will be on that podcast as well, as they will talk about how they put together their wrestling podcast. So stay tuned. But folks, that is going to wrap it up. Make sure you are subscribed to us on YouTube, on Spotify, on uh, Anchor, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts—you name it, we are there. Make sure you let me know. I will. The show will get back to its regular format on at this weekend for episode 101, where I will discuss raw smackdown aew and nxt so it'll be a heavy show but i wanted to, this one to focus on break it down a decade this would be you know a timeless show as opposed to the other ones are usually timely but until the next time folks shout out to my boy hypnosis my little cousin on the beat so long everybody Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Break It Down with Brian H. Hit the subscribe button and turn on the bell so you get notified every time the Wrestling Realm posts new content.